You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. Hey! Listen, hey. finally! Finally! She said PHP. <laughs> well, let's be let's be clear. In the in the the ones we got prior to that one, she said PHP ninety nine percent of the time, except for the very first PHP ugly. Where she said PPH. What did she say? PPH ugly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we we've got we've got to change up the intro a little bit, but this is you're listening to episode 192 of PHP Ugly, and I'm one of your hosts, Eric Van Johnson. With me tonight is John Congdon. You don't. She just said it two seconds ago. People have, trust me; they have to associate the name with the voice, brother. There's a there's then, science then, behind then this. Why, then why are we paying somebody to record for us? And and just record that intro. Thomas, right out. Hey, how's Tom, it going, Tom? Not see, Thomas. see how easy that you is, John. All you have to do is say hi. That's all you got to do. Hi. Jesus. So, hey, I don't think a whole lot went on this week. I'm pretty sure we can just wrap up the show. There's not a whole lot to talk about. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, there's nothing that'll greatly impact the web as a whole or as it's legally <laughs> defined. Or, or, you know, yeah. I, I, can't, you know? I can't imagine. I don't right, think let me warn much. both of you. I've had a heavy drinking dinner with the wife, so don't ask any questions you don't want truthful answers to. Because it by the way, happy uglier. thirty, happy thirty-one years of, for your wedding anniversary this week. Thank you, thank you, yeah, congratulations. congratulations, thank you. Thirty-one years that almost, woman has almost put done. up with me. What? Almost done? Is that what you said? That's what, what he no. said. <clears throat> Are you planning on murdering my wife or something, or murdering me? Should I should I be aware of something? I am not planning on murdering your wife now. Okay, All right. <laughs> I'm just wondering, man. You seem pretty confident that it's almost done. Maybe you know something the, I don't. The other option was still on the table. I'm, yeah, never take all <laughs> the options off the table. You, like you like you mentioned, we have a jam packed show already. Jam packed, so much to talk about. Oh man, where where do we start? Let's, How's your week been, Mister Van Johnson? Uh, we always we always go first, so I thought I'd change it up and you go first this this time. It, it, it's a it's a rough week for me, John. I got to be honest with you, it's uh it's a rough one. We're we're packing up the office, I and know. even though uh, we're not not going out of business, I feel like I have to always prefix that when because I I was giving away the couch, and we're like, yeah. We're closing our office, and I go. Oh, I'm sorry. It's like no, 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 no. We're not going out of business. We're just, we're just closing the office. We don't use the office. But it's like, it's still. It was, it was a little special for me. I, I enjoyed having it a lot. I, I definitely used it more than anybody else, and it was my little oasis, my little, my little, you know, man cave, I guess. And yeah, it, it really was your, your man cave. Like we moved in, and like you put up shelves. Like it became. Your space, which There's was a awesome. Pillow for it was great it. to see. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah, definitely sad to to see it kind of going. But like we've talked about in the past, I didn't use it as much because in my home I've got a dedicated office space. 
So for me mm-hmm. to drive 20 plus minutes each way or walk into an office was great. You, on the other hand, having that shared space makes it much more difficult to to focus at times and just be able to, to work without interruption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of and, interruptions. And every, yeah, and <laughs> every think, time. I think the office managers <laughs> try to get in. <laughs> yeah, every time uh, I tell people that we're closing office as well, it's like, oh, is everyone working remote now? It's like, actually, everyone's, ever since we started the business seven years ago now, eight years ago, mm-hmm. holy crap. Yeah, everyone's they, always everyone's always been remote, and now it's we've had two different offices throughout the eight years, and it's mostly been for us. Our first office mm-hmm. was I had newborns at home; it was hard for me to focus, so we opened an office for me to have a place to go. This the second time the one we're closing now was we were getting together more as a group at coffee shops or restaurants, and. Our developers were saying, hey, we would like a place to get together. And we're like, okay, maybe it's time to get an office. And we, you and I went back and forth for, what, six months to a year before finally I, I was going to say, I think, I think it was like another year before we finally decided. We pulled the trigger and then our developers showed up once in a while, but there was never a requirement. It's, <laughs> you know, now, now as of 2020, their employees, we could say, hey, you have to come to the office, but... We're not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, but besides that, I've been coding like crazy lately. I've been working on a project that I'm doing a lot of coding on. I'm continuing to to find more and more reasons to enjoy the blade components. Blade components uh, came through again for me today. I I mean, I'm, I'm, did you by chance check out that video, John, I sent you? I did. And you, you spelled it out correctly. You have, a a controller helper you have some sort of class that can pre-fill your your blade template for you so it, it's a very it, it was very insightful to see you put a simple tag in for this component just like you would in kind of view but now you have a class associated with it that can pull in more data for you without having to put that logic into your controller you can say if this right. component if this component fires oh i need to go grab this data out of the database where I need to make these calculations. So it kind of centralizes that space for that specific component. There are Mm -hmm. pros and pros and cons. I see to that is if you have multiple components, all grabbing that same data, I don't know how eloquent handles that. I know with foam burner, we use two different things. Now we still have our legacy data objects that we're using where every time you ask for an entity or some sort of record out of the database, it gets it for you. Whether mm-hmm. you've asked, if you ask for one or 10 times, you're going to get it that number of times. But mm-hmm. uh, we've been introducing doctrine into the, into the code base more and more. And my understanding from that is if you ask for an, a record by ID, if you've already gotten it, it just gives you the same object back. So that if you are manipulating it, you're not manipulating stale data by chance. You're working with the same entity. So I don't know how Eloquent handles that. So is it is that considered caching? Not necessarily caching. It's when I give you a user record, <clears throat> user record ID one, and then another piece of code says, hey, I need user record ID one, Doctrine gives you the same exact object. So if the first section of code updates the username or updates some piece of data, the 
the code oh. over the code over here gets that updated data without having to query the database. Plus it's one query to the database, not two. So going gotcha. back to your going back to your components, if your page has 20 components on it, all asking for the same piece of data, the same record of the database, are you going to the database 20 times to get that data? Or are you getting it one time? Right. So caching. Yeah, I don't I, what's that premise? <laughs> caching. But it but it's but not is, really is, is there it, eloquent it caching on. though? I mean, I know you can cache the results, but does it is it smart enough to say, hey, yeah, you've already called, you've already made this, you've already asked for this record, I have it cached. Well, the the real question is, are you getting the same object? Because right. if you're not, I think that's, if you're not, that's the you point you're making. You have a race condition of I ask for it, I update it, I save it, where another section of your code may ask for the same one, change something different, and save it. Are they, is your data colliding? Like, are you saving wrong data? Right. On top of that, are you doing unnecessary queries to the database? If you're going to heavily componentize, I don't know if I'm making up words now, your, your HTML or your blade templates, are you doing an, a lot of extra queries because of that? Mm. I say all that to say, yes, I did watch the video and it was, it was very cool to see how that worked. And I can see that being very useful if I was a Laravel developer. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I found it. I've found it very helpful. Thomas, you're being, you're being pretty quiet. You're, you're freaking me out, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm waiting for when, when the fact that we don't cover politics on the show gets brought up so I can just explode. We've, t- we've covered politics on like every episode the past year, two, three. How long has he been? It's in been office? three. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fake news, John, and it needs to be fact checked. And I am uh, I'm, nope, I'm nope, have to nope, do fact nope, check nope. onto uh, this uh, that. podcast you can't now. Do that. I, I absolutely, absolutely will. All right, let's can't. get into it. Who knows? Who knows even what the executive order says? Because I haven't. I looked uh, around for exactly a, what what is implemented. Nobody. Right. <laughs> so a draft of the executive order was released to Reuters. And they reported on it first, and everyone's basically reporting off of that for now. But no, no, it's been it's been signed. It's, it's yes, but we still don't have it's it. It's out. No, we still don't have it. We still only have the draft. Let's take a moment and explain, maybe to our listeners out of the country, what's exactly happening. So right. over the so last, there's this gorilla I, named Harambe. Over the last, <laughs> I don't know, three months now, our country has had a pandemic come at it in which our country's leadership took weeks, if not months, to respond to. We've had over 100,000 deaths from that pandemic, which our leadership took almost an entire day to acknowledge and doesn't talk about anymore. In one of the states here, Minnesota, Minneapolis to be exact, we, we had a law enforcement agent execute an unarmed citizen in the middle of the street in the middle of the day, which again, our country's leadership has not really acknowledged or talked about, but our country's leader posted a completely false and fabricated tweet. Twitter decided that they're not going to take him down. They're not going to censor him, but it was time to implement a mechanism to allow for some understanding. And they, implemented a fact fact checking mechanism on his tweet within 
12 hours, within 24 hours, that same president was able to create an executive order to address how social media platforms so handle that's not the entirely speech. True. Okay, this is, You're, are you fact checking me now? Is yes. that what happened? Okay, so you're this, off the show. Don't talk. I'm muting you. You're out of here. This Go executive ahead. order is actually something that he'd been planning for a long time, but it's so brazenly authoritarian that he never got a good reason to use it, and him being fact-checked by Twitter basically set him off and said, I'm doing it no matter how it looks. I, I don't care. Um, so Where are you the, getting the, that information from? Uh, oh, boy, that one was from New York Times. Okay. Um, you, you don't have to bring it up. I was just wondering how, how you yeah. knew that this is something. He, he, he's basically had chambered for a while. Yes, uh, and he's talked about it publicly in the past. It's, it's The reason that he was able to whip this thing up so quickly was that it's been a long-standing position of his that uh, correcting people on social media is censorship. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and to be fair, not that we need to be fair, Twitter didn't correct him. Twitter didn't pull him down. Twitter nope. didn't ban him, even though he's broken every terms and condition in Twitter. All they did is add a link that says, hey, here's some more facts about what was just tweeted. Well... Okay, Figure so that's yourself. the really interesting part about this is that his the, the wording of this executive order would require Twitter to remove him from Twitter. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, so here's the issue. There's Regulation 230 that applies to the Internet, which states that companies are not responsible for things that are posted on their sites as long as they show reasonable uh, attempts to curb illegal activity okay this executive order is this is this the the quote unquote shield that trump was saying right these companies have been standing behind right so the shield is that in his opinion they can do anything they want to and they're still protected because they're protecting the content of their site is protected by them Mm -hmm. so they get to dictate the content of the site and it's, it gets really interesting what he's ordering, but basically websites get to arbitrarily dictate the content of their site, even outside of their own terms of service and outside of their own stated intention. So if a conservative website says you cannot post anything about Democratic candidates, then they're, that's in their terms of service, then they're well within their right to say ban anyone who talks about Democratic candidates. But if there's one person who they do allow to talk about Democratic candidates, then the website is violating their own terms of service to allow this exception. Mm -hmm. That is currently allowed under the law because they're completely protected against all the content on the site, whether or not they modify it, fact check it, censor it, any of that. It's once it's on their site, he believes that it's their content to do what they wish with. That's contrary to the protection of of Section 230. Section 230 says it's not your content, so you're not responsible for it as long as it's not illegal. Whereas he's saying it is your content and you are responsible for it if you're editing it. And his justification for that is he's stating by he, we're talking about Trump, 45, that they're, they're actually a media company at this point. They're not just a... A 
social. I don't know. I don't know what else it would be. I mean, in 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 my a social platform. Okay, but is every bulletin board now a social platform? I mean, where does where is that line drawn? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is that the line is drawn at Section Two Thirty, which states you're not a media company, you're a bulletin board. Right. I, that's the thing. I, I don't get. Well, I would so, love for I'll, I would love for Twitter to come out and say no, 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 no. We're not we're not doing that to everybody, Donald Trump. We're just doing it to validated users, people we have validated on our platform because they've gone through this extra step to to we had to make sure they are who they are. We're we're only doing it to them, really, right. just and, to you, to be honest, because you lie so much. But you know, we well, can't but see, say he's that. the he's the one who's getting it the least of the scrutiny from Twitter because they're afraid of the fallout from mm-hmm. it. But he's he's broken their terms of service almost <laughs> uncountable times. Yeah. And to the to the point where people have asked why is he still allowed on Twitter? He's broken their terms of service and he's being allowed to stay. His executive order is asking the Department of Justice to start investigating whether or not uh corporations are actually doing fair fair attempts at enforcing their terms of service or is there a an agenda an undisclosed agenda behind the censorship and banning which is still not illegal but he wants it to be made illegal to have an undisclosed agenda this is all part of something that's being called conservative censorship which means that a lot of platforms aren't allowing uh, outright racist and false information, and for some reason, conservatives believe that that's targeting them. The thing is, and I haven't done research on this, so I could be completely wrong, but there are conservative social media platforms that probably yes are you know obviously way to the right on what they post, how they post, and it's just going to be interesting. It's like, okay, who's accountable for what? When are, when are you considered big enough where you need to follow these rules? Or is there... What I, know, man. What I really want to see is we, we've seen the fact-checking on Republican or more conservative viewpoints of, hey, there's ballot fraud. Well, when you go to fact-check it, it's not necessarily true. I would like to see examples of that not on the other true. side. Right. But mm-hmm. I want to see examples of that on the other side where you get like the far left leaning posting something and you get the same fact checking of, Hey, they're not, they're stretching the truth or, you know, go check the facts here on what's being said, because you know, it happens on both sides, but right now the conservative viewpoint is being amplified by Trump. Sure. Um, I can give you an example. Okay. The truth about e-cigarettes. You you think that was a, a left it's it should be a left position for some reason it's not well, well I know the reason but the 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 truth about the harm reduction and the way that states are going after e-cigarette manufacturers and users is disturbing but what i'm saying is but you you're missing my point there that's true i guess that's we're not getting i'm not getting so youtube demonetizes anything that involves nicotine whatsoever and so all of the e-cigarette YouTubers are cut out of the monetization loop. They can no longer make money on any of their videos. Yeah. I think maybe a better example, John, maybe when you're looking for is I'm pretty sure 
there were Black Lives Matters activists who were targeted and taken down when not not it, unbelievable that this is happening so many times in our country. I have to explain this, but not this recent event, but, but the previous event when an unjust murder happened. Um, there was in that Black Lives Matter movement was really ramping up. I recall seeing articles of certain voices being taken down because they were inciting riots or what they were saying was just false. They were giving false information. I, okay. I want to, again, I, I feel like I'm not, I'm not communicating clearly. Has there been a, a time in Twitter where just like they did with Trump's recent tweet where they said, Hey, go fact check this here. Have no, that was the first. same thing. Yeah. See, right. the reason that that doesn't happen, I'm going to go out on a limb here is that the, the furthest left you can go is basically claims about CBD oil. <laughs> Are you talking? Hold on, time out. No, no, no. So I, I, I'm going I'm, I, as far as sci- as far as claims of truth and fact go. You go to far right, and it's a completely made up lie fact conspiracy. <laughs> right when you go far left, the conspiracy is basically that the government made marijuana illegal because corporations need to profit off of cancer medicine and so like it's they are they are different strengths of factually incorrect right and i think to to address more of john's question first no this was unprecedented this was the first time they did it they didn't have this workflow in place before they've never they've never done fact fact check before oh yeah and i okay you can fact check me on that but i'm pretty sure this was this was a first case but I know, I know. Facebook's more been more to your point, while. John. You know where there are probably similar cases on the other extreme, but because of the bullhorn and how much attention this particular account has, I think Twitter felt like they needed to step in and do something. If you got a a far left Twitter handle that had even half the <laughs> followers that that Trump has, or you know, and, and made made the same sort of claims on the other side, perhaps. But I think it was a combination of both. I think it was the just how how far off, how absurd his statements were getting, and how much of how much attention he had on his account that made Twitter say, "Okay, we need to we need to think of this policy, and then you know figure out how we're going to get this implemented." And mm-hmm. And he he became the, basically the genesis of it. So yeah, you know maybe he's p- patient zero. Thomas might prove me wrong on this, but now that now they're going to go all COVID on this thing and start rolling it out to more people. But Thomas, I mean, are, am I right or wrong? Is this is this a first time? Uh, it's okay if you did. I thought you had it up. Don't worry about it. We'll. I think they implemented a year ago. Um, I mean, you're not going to be able to Google it now because everything is going to come up Trump right now. So yeah. yeah. Although I guess Zuckerberg says, I just believe strongly that Facebook shouldn't be the arbiter of truth of everything that people say online. Right. So, so Zuck's, Zuck's approach is kind of what Trump wants, right? Is he doesn't want, he doesn't want any interaction from the platform. So Zuck also came back and said to, to prevent social media platforms from, um, uh, but aren't they doing it already? Yeah, they they're they're doing it to websites. So yeah. they have a little about this site 
thing in the corner of shared posts. But what they don't do is fact check individual comments or copy pasted text. Oh, really? I did not know that. I thought I thought they, but they they fact check posts, don't they? No, they they just fact check sources. So as long as you don't put a source down, you're good. So anyway, Zuck's Zuck's kind of comment on this executive order was the way to address social media platforms from censoring people is not to censor the social media platforms, which I thought was a a funny statement. But yeah, Facebook's kind of stand on this is, and this became evident with a lot of this white power postings that started happening is, hey, you know, we're not, we're not censoring this stuff. And, and people really had to show that some of these posts were criminal basically. And before they would act on them, but Zuck is very much a, you know, hands off. If you don't like what somebody's posting, don't follow them, kick them out of your stream. But you know, we're not going to police what people post here. Yeah. All right. We, we've, we've talked about this for way too long. There's, I agree. There's other weird stuff going on, too, is that the president has a different right to speech than other Americans. Not true. There are, absolutely true. There are, yeah, yeah there, are, there are laws protecting his speech differently. Um, and that That's came weird. up in Twitter a couple of years ago when he started blocking people. And the American law says that any communication from the president must be freely available to all citizens. So he literally can't block people on Twitter now. That's not, that's not, that's not any different of freedom of speech though. That's, that's just saying you, you're, you're a appointed official of the country or of the state. You're, you're an appointed official. You can't block whatever public statements you make. Yeah. So that, that's no, that, but, but the, he has no different, freedom of speech than we have. He's not allowed to say things we're not, we're not allowed to say sort of thing, but we need to move on. I, I hate politics and this is why we had a pretty hard, fast rule of talking about on this show, but this one was hard to avoid. I will lighten the mood Please. On, a, on a, on a funny well, story. No, let me, let's move on from that. I have a funny story I want to share. All right. All right. Oh, good. I, I've talked recently about being on a sprint team or we're, we're doing sprints. These, Long six week sprints and nothing to really talk about. Just to share a funny story that the the requirements came down for some tasks and it included screenshots. Like, hey, here's what you need to to do. Here's what the way the screen needs to look at the end. But the system that is being used to manage all these tasks is a pain in the ass. So the front end developer is like, you know what? I'm gonna take all the screenshots that were kind of littered throughout this this uh, system and put them in a centrally located area, copy, paste all the files, the product manager or the product person came back and looked at it and says, Oh, this is great. Thank you. That was first. Meanwhile, they're just copies of screenshots that are already done. And then said, Oh, the, this isn't quite like the, the mockups we gave you. It was a screen. It was a copy <laughs> of the screenshots that was given to him. It's just a, it's, it's just a funny story. This is why we need the blockchain. Get that checksum and show it back to him. You, 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 you can't make this up. It's just like it's not the same, but but it is the same. It's literally the same. It's just not not even kind of the same. You screwed up here. 
but how I didn't do anything. It's not done. Oh, I got a, right. I got a PHP question for you too. Feel, feel free to jump in. 42 done. Move on. Try catch. What requirements do you put be in around a block of code to say, okay, I'm wrapping this in a try catch. Please elaborate. What do you mean? What requirements? So for me, I find myself starting to do try catches whenever I make database calls, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm making a database call, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a try catch around this because I want to handle it if if something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and that's but I, I started realizing, like, I wonder what other people's kind of rule of thumb is. I mean, I'm sure not everybody's just doing database. It's like, what is it about the data you're working with where it says, okay, I'm going to I'm going to do a try catch on this? Is it the requirement if, of a certain? No, okay. it it's very simple to me. If I can handle the exception that is thrown in some way, I try catch it. Otherwise, I let it continue to be thrown. <laughs> it, it, if if I can if I can return a response to the user to say, "Hey, something happened," mm-hmm. I will catch it and return that response. But if I can't do anything with it, why am I going to catch it? I'll go you one further. Okay. okay. I throw try catches around things that throw custom exceptions. Mm-hmm. You throw you throw try you throw try catches around things that throw custom your custom exception like you create a custom exception if I'm expecting I, so if if it's a database exception that I'm expecting I throw a try catch around the the main loop mm-hmm. because everything uses the database everything mm-hmm. if it's a curl exception I'm expecting I throw try catch looking for a curl exception where I'm using curl mm-hmm. if it's a PDF renderer. I throw try catches that catch PDF library missing and PDF library error around the PDF library usage. So, so, so basically, a, you're saying anything that can that can generate an exception, you throw a try catch around it, right? And depending on whether, how, whether, whether you can handle it or not, huh? right? And depending on how widely scoped that thing is, is where the try catch gets its scope. So, so doesn't but, it, I guess this this question goes to both you. Doesn't that with both your kind of rules, doesn't that put try catches in a majority of your code base? No, no. I, I Laravel already comes with most exception handlers that I'm going to need, so I can write custom responses to a database exception, custom responses to uh, curl exceptions because there's a standardized curl library for Laravel or right. things like that. So. If I'm using the framework, I don't need to put try catches all over the place. If I'm using raw PHP and I'm correctly validating, then I don't need try catches there. If I'm accessing data from an outside source that I don't trust, then try catches might need to be there because I'm getting a zero value when I expect a positive value or whatever. But even then, validation should be handling it before try catches. So for me... When I import a new library that's not part of my core framework, where I've already got my exceptions handled, then I look at what exceptions it throws and handle those exceptions and gracefully fall from those. But you still, you're still you relying on global, basically, error handling. You're mm-hmm. relying on Laravel to catch your, the majority of your errors and do something. Right, because the majority of my errors, I'm not expecting, mm-hmm. so I needed to throw a bug snag to tell me what happened and what I can do to fix it. So you can, you can do that. I can try catch anyways. 
Right. Yeah. I can I do that I do that in not using Laravel. We do that in the index PHP where you basically do a try catch around the 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 bootstrapping right. get things going. You catch throwable, you you do a bug snag, but you can still th- show some sort of semi-friendly error page, which mm-hmm. So let's be honest, isn't helpful because there's no real like, hey, here's what happened. It's just something happened. We're going to alert the text. I do. I do a lot of image processing that uses the low level image magic and GD libraries. And that's the place where it might fail. It might not. And I know that if it fails, I can safely return a value back saying it failed probably because of the image size or some not a valid image type, even though you named it .jpg, um, whatever have you. So that's where I do a lot of try-catches right now. Um, there's also, get this, you're not going to like this answer at all. There's a coding methodology that uses try-catches as a conditional. Mm-hmm. And so this is where try-catch-final comes in. Mm-hmm. So if you can't make a connection to the FTP server fail over to a backup queued job and then do then continue on. Or if the mail server isn't currently available, quietly fail, but queue it up in a, in a backup mail server. Why, why do you say I wouldn't like that? Cause I, I agree because with that. There, because there are people that use it as actual conditionals where like, if one equals zero throw <clears throat> people use it like validation. Mm. I've seen validators that use, validation exceptions instead of returning false or exiting or like Laravel's validation system exits the loop early by returning a redirect back with uh, session values set for what the error was. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of other systems that throw an exception and the exception handles the redirecting and the, I think I'm more on that, that realm of using it for, validation as well i i to me if i go into a method and it can't return a valid object or a valid string or a valid whatever the object is supposed to be doing it's an exception to me i that way i have a single i I don't disagree okay but as as a laravel developer not being accustomed to seeing exceptions being used for validation it could be it could be bizarre to see Hmm. because because it's, it's validation in Laravel is almost in the middleware stack, which isn't incorrect. I mean, it's that's a great place to have it if you can validate at that point, right? But you're but at, at that point you're returning. I think isn't Laravel is basically just a it passes or fails, and if it fails, you get information about it. It's not um, necessarily almost yeah, roughly. I mean, if it fails, they're <clears throat> then it looks up a, a what failed, what the message for the failure was, and if there is a um, callable for that failure. So it actually accounts for all of the failures in the validation at once instead of the first one that it encounters, which if you're using exceptions, a validation exception is going to fail on the first one, not all of them. So Eric, you 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 brought it up. What, what, where do you fall on this? This is my little hand grenade question, man. I just drop it in the room and I run out. I let you. No, I'm surprised. I'm surprised by the response because I thought for sure the response was going to be, "No, you're using it too much. Use try catch sparingly." I guess I'm 
okay with how much I'm using it. To Tom Tom's point, uh, making third party calls is another really good example of a try catch for me. Mm. I was bouncing back and forth. I'm like, I don't think I'm using this enough. I think I should be doing try catch wherever I'm trying to return data to a to a user just to make sure I have what you know everything went properly. Then I start thinking, well, no, 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 I'm overthinking this. That's too many try catches. That's basically my whole code base at that point. It, I start, I start peeling back on it. So that's that's where you create your own custom exceptions, and you handle them at the level that you think you should handle them. So, but that's still a try catch. I mean, even if I create right. my own custom exception. But if if what you think is going to happen is that a view template is missing and you create yourself a custom view missing exception mm-hmm. and then and then put that at the top level of your bootstrapping, then you don't have to put try catches everywhere. You can just know that that one's handled and you have a way of dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Now, it, again, it, right. It all, it all depends on how you're handling it between if it's user facing, how are you handling it back to them? If you're not catching it somewhere, then you need to catch it earlier and handle it. If you're relying yeah. on Laravel or some other handling, uh, error handling, exception handling, then make sure it's handled at that point. And if it's not, then you have to figure it out. And that's now, the whole thing is, is Laravel, in my opinion, Laravel has pretty good exception handling. Yeah, it has great exception handling. That That's Thomas's point is yeah. 99% of the things are already handled by Laravel it's you need to catch the things that Laravel doesn't already handle. Well, but but even even using Laravel's exception, I, I'll still wrap that around a try catch. I mean, and maybe I'm using try catch wrong, but I thought try catch or the way I'm using it allowed me to catch an exception without the without the application breaking and and, and try to recover from it. Right. That is the idea. Is it's not do catch, it's try catch. So try right. to do so, something, and if you can't do it, then do this other thing. Right. But so that's my po- a- that's my point, John. Is it does have a great exception handler, but if you don't wrap it with a try catch, then it just throws the exception, and your 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 well, code just barfs at that no, point. More more than that, though, because Laravel has all of these defined custom exceptions, and you can give. Laravel a default action to perform when that exception is thrown. So at the highest level, if a certain exception type occurs on my website, I throw either a 404 error or a 500 error, depending on what type of error it was. Now, because Laravel has all of that so well handled for Laravel-related problems, the only thing you really need to work about, worry about in a try-catch situation is something you can get out of, mm. or at least at least something that you can report better on than Laravel can. Um, Mm. And that's, again, third-party stuff. Now, we also don't have to worry about this as much as strictly typed languages because that's where try-catch originates from, is is if I'm asking for user input and they input a a string number one instead of a actual value number one, I can try to use it as an integer, and if I can't use it in an integer, I can catch it and convert it to an integer and finally perform the option, perform the operation. So it's, mm. it's much more necessary in a typed language because you're getting a lot of typed input and it has to be typed output. It, it really, to me, it really comes down to where your exceptions are being thrown and how you want to handle it. You know, if it's yeah. an Ajax, if it's an Ajax <laughs> call and you're getting a 404, you, your JavaScript's going to handle that somehow. 
right? Mm-hmm. If you're I also, able to show some sort of error message to the user, catching it and showing that error message is better than getting to the the final back back to the index page where Laravel catches it and shows a generic message. Yeah. I also don't usually put try catches in unless I've already gotten an exception thrown by that thing and realized I can deal with that exception by catching it. Or if I import a new library and it has a list of exceptions I should anticipate, I implement those. But if I'm just, if I'm just writing code and I'm not anticipating something I can recover from, if I'm, if I'm anticipating my code to break, something else is wrong. Not having it in try catch is not the issue. Something else happened. Mm-hmm. So that's where, that's why I, I like well-documented code that tells you what is going to be thrown. So I like self-documenting code. So that, yeah. <laughs> I, PHP storm does a good job of telling me, Hey, this method throws an, throws an exception that you're not handling. Do you want to handle it? And if not, yeah, PHP storm has it, been so good about that. Yeah. If, if you don't want to handle it, add it to your, doc block so that upstream code knows that, hey, this exception may be thrown. Mm -hmm. Because if if you don't actually throw it and you don't catch it, upstream code doesn't know anything about it. So I've been been liking that. Much deeper question than I thought it was. Yeah. (laughs) That it was. So, moving on. John, you have a ticket here that says fuck Google. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just nothing, nothing else inside of it. No article or Anything? Do you re- do you do you really need anything more than that? I uh, mean, seriously. Nope, let's move that to let's move that to show notes. <laughs> that is. The, I am. We've talked. We've talked about our issues with Google in the past, and the fact that we pay for an account, and you can't use it for for certain things. Add to that. Recently, you know, with this whole COVID nineteen crap, my wife has been doing a lot of stuff with the kids in school, and she's like. Hey, I would like for this Zoom call, uh, I would like this shown up on the TV. Sure, that should be no problem at all. I start doing all the research. I have a Roku. I have Roku and Chromecast. I have a Roku. I'm like, there's got to be a way to to throw this up on the on the Roku. Try using her iPhone. That was a nightmare to begin with. I start researching. Oh, it's this is super easy with Android. Follow all the directions from my phone. I cannot see my Roku on my on my Android device getting super frustrated. Yes, I can Chromecast it, but it still looks like garbage for some reason, because you know, Google to Google devices, it looks like garbage. That makes perfect sense. Do a little more research. And it turns out a Google specific device, like the pixel is blocked from casting or mirroring (laughs) to a Roku. It works fine with other devices, other Android devices like Samsung. It's like, why? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> so either the other devices take the the Android OS and add the functionality to cast to a Roku or mirror, which seems like it's a standardized uh, protocol at this point, or it's available in the Google-specific devices like uh, the Pixel block it because they really want you to cast, which would be fine if it looked good, but it still looks like crap and it's driving me crazy. So yeah, hence the title of my ticket and you can now move on because I'm frustrated and you made me cry. <laughs> I've been working on a I- PHP thing lately and a Laravel thing actually, and I need your guys's input. Right, this that's is what we're here sleep. for. I have a morph table. Let's call mm-hmm. it tags. 
and I have blog posts and YouTube videos. Okay. And and they can share a tag. Mm-hmm. So I've got a morph too many relationship there mm-hmm. where I've got tags has a polymorphic taggable pivot table that links the two things, the three things. Mm-hmm. Okay. What I can't do is get all YouTube videos or blog posts sharing this tag. Why not? That seems like that should be doable. It does. <laughs> I thought that was uh, the whole point is you could pull a tag and because of that, because you can of that pull polymorphic... either or. So in the, in the tag morph, in the tag model, there's a YouTube method that does the uh, morph too many. Yeah. And there's oh, and they're a each their own method. Blog tube. Yes. But they, well, you, I mean, you could, you could, are you not could, shared. You could pull, you could pull both of them and then merge them. I well, can't. Because I've got millions of records, and I need them sorted by when they were tagged, mm-hmm. and I need to paginate it. You, you could, I, you could, you you could, you could pull the tags themselves, and then from there get to the polymorphic relationship. Right. So that would be a belongs to many relationship, and then I would mm-hmm. have to morph the relationship after I got it. But that involves having a pivot table that I have to call the morph on. I can't just say, now this is where it breaks down. The name of the function I'm looking for, and yes, I see you, Matt Lance, and you're still, you're wrong, but you'll understand in a minute. (laughs) Been doing this for four days straight. Uh, What I'm looking for is a belongs to many morph method. Okay. Or a morphs to many that accepts an array instead of, a string as its relationship type. I've I feel looked, strongly that you can do this. I've looked internally. Now, the reason that I've seen that you can't do this is because Eloquent doesn't want to ter- return a collection of mixed models. Even though a collection technically supports different models in, in, in it, mm-hmm. the, the way that they want it to be done is... A collection returned by an eloquent model only has that model's values in it, or one model's values in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I did look at the source code for the belongs to many relationship and found where it dictates very specifically that only a string can be passed in, not an array. So I see, I've seen where I can do this, but Laravel natively does not support it. So we have Matt Lance in Discord and he's giving me the custom polymorphic types. Mm-hmm. The thing about custom polymorphic types is that that allows for a mapping of the class name to an alternate name, but what it doesn't allow is sharing the same name among two classes. Right. I uh, think, Matt's, uh, Matt's also recommending a, a length-aware paginator. However, a length-aware paginator only works once you've already fetched a result set. And in this case, I want it to fetch the result set and perform the morph for me. So I can do it by you just... Wanna, you want to be able to pull a list of tags. Tag one is to a YouTube. Tag two is to a YouTube and to a post. Tag three is just to a post. But you want to be able to get all those tags with all the related entities. Simultaneously. Right. And now, the, the most interesting thing I found out about this when I was looking into it was that the language used in the morph relationship internally within Laravel 
just converts the query into a uh, where this type equals this type and this ID equals this ID. So right. morphs, morphs in Laravel aren't even something special. It's just shorthand for a small block of code. So like, absolutely, there is a way I could do this. But what I want is the method uh, has many morph to or belongs to many morph or passing an array in. And I've seen Sounds a like- lot of people have this issue. Don't even, don't even tell me that I need to write it. Sounds like a PR, man. Sounds like a PR. Or, or just write write your own query. That's an easy query to write. It is. So that's that's what I ended up at, was that this is actually something that's easy to write if you understand how morphs work internally. Right. But but it took me four days to figure out how morphs work internally, and I decided that it's dumb that it's just a string instead of an array, because it would be such a simple change for someone who was familiar enough with Eloquent, which I'm not. Tell you. P- PRs are accepted. <laughs> it's open source, baby. GitHub Actions <laughs> runs against it. You'll plus be fine. You know, plus, you know, if you open a PR, it'll be accepted in a day and Very, make it right I into could the have release. It, yeah, I could have it live by next Thursday. <laughs> release, what, 714, 715? Don't get me started. <laughs> uh, the, other, the other issue I ran into this is that if you look at the API, the Laravel API docs, there mm-hmm. are so many undocumented morph commands oh really so many and they share the same description text as just morph too many or morphs by many it's there's a ton of stuff that's just not documented that's i i i'm gonna say diving into the api documentation you can always find like these little gems of information in there because i mean if you think i believe that's how laracast is currently written is just, There's just what's too much not correctly to document. documented in the API. Right. Well, it's not even that. It's just too much. To, if, if you documented every method, and your documentation would just be so flipping thick, nobody would read through it. Well, I, I uh, almost thought I found it, because there is a method called eager morph too many mm-hmm. that doesn't have a relationship on it, but I couldn't get that to work. That's mm-hmm. the other option, by the way, is a, is a morph that doesn't require a relationship that just fetches the relationship out of the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still okay feel too. like there's, there's a way to do this. There is a way to do it, but it requires more than one line of code. And what I'm looking for is that one eloquent command that says, this is what this relationship is. Hey, Thomas. Thomas, how, are you on LinkedIn? Oh, man, LinkedIn sucks. Why? Why, why would LinkedIn suck? I've been on LinkedIn I mean, a lot lately. Um, it's it's one of the main like streams of communication with a lot of recruiters, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's always LinkedIn always says I, I just keep the tab open at this point, and it always says, "Hey, you've got uh, a notification," and I click on the notification and I read it, and it still says, "Hey, you've got a notification," until I like click on it and then refresh the page, <laughs> and this is this is such a ten years ago problem. Where it's like, if I have seen it, I should the the site should know I've seen it. I don't think and I have should, this issue. Uh, you might I, have, you might you have, have on LinkedIn. <laughs> you might have an extension installed or something that's like blocking the the callback to let let LinkedIn know you read something. Well, no, see that's the problem is LinkedIn knows I read it, but it's not until I refresh the page that 
all of the JavaScript communicates it. properly and says like, hey, don't have a message popping up in the title bar or like a, a custom uh, site icon, whatever it's called. I got a message. I want to thank our Patreons. You know, I was Wait, I was pleasantly really been an su- hour. I have, I am pleasantly surprised. I logged into Patreon to update the the slide, thinking, okay, how many names do I have to take off the list? And I did take a few off, but I added just as many back and had had I think three three new Patreons. So we actually have more names on here than we typically have. I had, I had to shrink the font. That's how. That's how. Uh, Many more Patreons we had. I had to shrink the font so I could get everybody's name in here now. Um, so I, st- Patreon- I started realizing we, we don't push Patreon enough. My wife has been listening to podcasts with the kids. And we were in the car the other day going off to a park or something. And she she found a new one that was highly recommended. And I swear, in the 10 minutes we listened, this person must have talked about their Patreon account like <laughs> at least three times a minute. It was nonstop, and I'm like, what? this is just this is crazy. We're obviously like, is not talking show about it enough. Here or is this just Patreon? <laughs> it's, it's always at the end of the show when people have clearly given up listening to us. Yeah, that, that's well, why see, we don't I, have more. I always, I always feel guilty because like the shows I hear, they like read off the names of all the Patreons. I'm like, should we be doing yeah. that? Like, you know, some of these people, no. Buttery Crumpet was our first one. He's been with us forever. Matt's on here. He's in chat. You know, Frank's Frank. on here. He's in chat. Yeah. Well, I don't so know. I always I, feel what, like we should say something. One of the shows I listen to, which is aired live on Sundays, it they make a point of talking about it at the beginning of the show. And they're like, somewhere in the middle near the end of the show, we read off our top five Patreons. So there's still time for you to get in there and, and support us now. Oh, <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah, that's that what we should so, do. That is if gross. you become a Patreon now, we'll mention you. We'll mention um, Well, we don't do super chats, which like a lot of live broadcasters do now, which is even more profitable than Patreon. Do you guys yeah. know what super chats are? Yeah. yeah, when you're live streaming on YouTube. Yeah. You can get special flares and stuff you can do. Yeah. Uh, you do get the so the the point of the reason I haven't taken down the slide yet not not to shove Patreon down people's throat but I want to I want to promise the people who are at a reward level we're we're wrapping up the office I I intentionally grabbed the reward level stuff and brought it home with me in a box so that when I go back through that box to clean it out I have them to, to mail out so I have rewards level stuff here I will find out. Thomas is showing you the the reward level thing, the uh, keychain. I will I will get those uh, once the the move of the office is done and I, I get things set up here at the house again. I'll get those in the mail. I promise you. You haven't been forgotten. We appreciate your support. Nobody's emailed me, so I don't even think a lot of people even realize they're at a reward state. But if you're there, you'll get your reward. I I promise. Or you can sue John. That's fine. I'll take it. <laughs> I I go. I'm gonna go back to cleaning out the office a little bit. I packed up a truck today. I got. I took the refrigerator from the office. I took two desks from the office. I took the water cooler, like a a big TV. I cleared that place out. I I get it all loaded into the truck, and then it hit me. I took the doors off the refrigerator to get it through the office door. 
I I I put the open side towards the front of the truck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that didn't cause a lot of drag, did it? <laughs> well, nice little wind catcher as I'm driving, like blowing the thing back. I pulled over twice. I pulled over once to turn it sideways so that it didn't catch as much. <laughs> and then I got another like half mile to a mile down the road. I'm like, no, I'm going to purposely tilt this thing back. And then I took a water bottle and shoved it under it so that it couldn't rock back towards the cab <laughs> to, to try and keep it where it was supposed to be. Because I had I no tie downs. I wish I had thought about. It. I was gonna say. I wish I had thought about it. I have straps. I I could have dropped them I off at the s- office. I didn't even think about it. I have. I have them too, at my house, oh, yeah. not at the office. <laughs> I did. It's funny it's the, like the, the way you just said prepared. that. The way you just said. You know, I took a water cooler. I just picture you like leaving the office, like the jerk. Like all I need is this refrigerator and this water cooler and this desk. That's all I need is this refrigerator, this water cooler, this desk, and this chair. <laughs> I kept going back and grabbing more stuff. I'm like, what else can I get out of here? I made my first round this week, and I felt like like I I packed up two big boxes. Um, I didn't take my desk or anything, but like I felt like. As I was packing everything up, I'm like, "This is going to be like 90 percent of the stuff. I'm pretty much done." And I get it, I get everything in my truck, and I come back in. And I look at everything that's left behind. I'm like, "Holy crap! Where did all this stuff come from?" It's like I'm, <laughs> I'm not close to done. I got so much shit. I got to get out of here. Still, there's so much stuff there. <sighs> Gosh, it's never ending. We got a month. We got a month. We'll we get, get out a of month. Yeah. All right. I think that's it. I think we're gonna wrap it up. Thomas, how do you feel? You got you any more topics you want to talk about? I have a small doom and gloom segment to give us a, a, a nice oh. tight end to this uplifting and positive episode. Do I have, do I have your? I, I haven't edited your doom and gloom. Oh, look at that. You're there. Your doom and gloom is up. Let's, let's hear yes, it. It puts me full screen and I look wonderful. Yes, absolutely you do. People have found that websites are port scanning their internal network using WebSockets. Really? You better have documentation on this, buddy. Shiner on security is reporting that people using large sites such as banks, eBay, etc., are using the web browser's ports, uh, web sockets functionality to scan for a certain number of high-level ports that are given access to. Um, commonly, the VNC, the, the common VNC ports, the Windows Remote Desktop port, uh, WinVNC, X Windows systems. Triplight UPSs, uh, real audio, and banks are saying, from what I've read, that this is a security measure to make sure that your system is not infected with some kind of key logging, remote monitoring software. Um, but this is only a week after I saw JavaScript projects saying, hey, did you know you could just include this in your NPM uh, or include this port scanner in a in a uh, suspect node module, and now every site that uses it is going to start port scanning for you on the internal network, not on the external. Mm. So this this starts giving you access to things that are breaking firewalls. Wow, that's horrifying. Yeah. Oh man, keep uh, it ugly. Another, <laughs> an, another quick note: I, I don't know what happened in Discord. Uh, I do have the new Discord link up here, but apparently we were able to have a vanity Discord because of some like something that was anointed to us by our discord members. Like we, we had reached some sort of level that allowed us to have a vanity 
uh, URL. I, I had not realized that. I just thought it was there. But uh, yeah, apparently we're not at that Vandy level URL point anymore. So if we want that back, we have to pay for it. And I'm like, yeah, it's just it's not, not that important. I don't know. We, we, we have Patreons. Maybe I will pay for it again at some point. But you know what I did pay for? Thanks for listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. That's right. We can't, we, An outro we as can't well. Hear it. You, you can't hear it? www.patreon.com slash PHP Ugly. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly. Well, I can hear it. Join us in the PHP okay. well, Ugly I can't. Discord channel. Maybe, our, maybe everyone else can. RSSB can be found at phpugly.com. Uh, I'll kill it anyways. Be sure to subscribe to our I, I, need, I need to fix the outro. She didn't... She didn't like we usually start the music way sooner, so I'm gonna actually clean up that outro. Thomas, you had a good good request of asking her to do it without music in the background because I'm going to I'm going to fix that outro. But yes, apparently Matt didn't hear it either. Well, that's weird. I'm sending it through the loop back. It should be getting to you, but that's fine. You'll hear it in the audio stream, Matt. And everybody else, I just made myself look like a fool while I'm sitting here dancing to the silence. <laughs> okay, so, so that was the... I, I set out the Discord. We said uh, we we took uh, some Patreon money and did our intros, outros. 192. Gentlemen, we are counting down to episode 200. And I expect big gifts from both of you. So I don't care what it is, just something expensive and shiny. No? You suck. As usual. All right. I think that's it. John, you got anything else you want to talk about? Nope. I'm done. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to episode 190... Shit, two? Two. What were you? Two. Two. 192. I'm Eric. I'm John. Yep, you're muted. You're muted. Perfect. (laughs) You did the key for the leads. (laughs) (laughs) Take your time, Thomas. Where where, did I go anywhere? You back? You're still muted. Keep it ugly. We don't need your name. It's okay. I'm Tom. Keep it ugly. ugly. Thanks for listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. If you would like to support PHP Ugly, check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash phpugly. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly or join us in the PHP Ugly Discord channel. Show notes and RSS feed can be found at phpugly.com. To catch the live stream, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash phpugly. You can also subscribe to the edited podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catcher of choice. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. And finally, thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you are looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at diegodev.com. Until next week, keep it ugly.